0: From the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric, and built Ford Tough. Ting! Training Camp
1: 2023 is on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more info. Chad, relative to the conversation we were having earlier about uh, fingernails and biting or versus pedicures, manicures, uh, there's a text I want to read off the Ramoslot.com text line from 970391. Scientists have found a genetic advantage to biting nails and picking the nose. People who do that have almost zero allergies. And Chad is not paying what? attention. No, I'm
2: totally paying attention. To that. I'm just pushing back. Push. Uh, uh, I, 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 please cite this study Are for you, me. Uh, Give me some examples. Let me read about this. You know, if I can remember, you
1: tend to have some allergies from time to time. There's some lung butter you're coughing up, a little nasal when stuff. I get, when
2: I get sick, I get sick. There's if, no if it doubt it's about that. because
1: you keep getting these pedicures and manicures, man.
2: Maybe you got to pick your nose a little boy bro. <laughs> Sticking my dirty, saliva-ridden... Yes! It's into germs. my nose yes. is somehow going to be Germs! Inoculate
1: me? You. Inoculation station, bro. Don't turn your back from it.
2: Alright. The,
1: the cleaner you are, the more susceptible you are to getting sick.
2: This is why doctors don't wash their hands, right? Well no, you and don't they stick their fingers you don't in dirty, your
1: nose not in your body. <laughs> Alright, here's a, here's an example. Because my buddy, um and, and you you guys out there could tell me if this were it, it was the same for you as a parent. I had a buddy who's I have a buddy who used to be very O C D. He had to be washing his hands constantly. Like he got really, really bad with it, with his need to be clean. Okay, mm-hmm. you go into his house, everybody's taking off their shoes and doing like, oh, no, no, don't sit here, don't sit. Like he was, it was a problem for him. Um, he had a kid. Okay, he had a, he had a son, and for his first son, he sort of behaved the same way. He didn't want the son to get dirty. He was always kind of trying to, try to keep the son clean and prevent him from getting dirty. And Jeremy, okay, then he has two more boys. By then, you just don't have time to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You just literally can't keep these boys clean. So he said, screw it. All right, the the next two sons, he let them be dirty. He let them just be dirty boys. Now, number one, my buddy is no longer OCD. It broke him of that. But those three boys, the first one gets sick all the time and has a lot of allergies. The next two, fit as a fiddle, don't get sick, don't have any allergies.
2: Anecdotal information is wow. not evidence. It's it's but not, it's but it's something, is it? There's something to be said that
1: yes. Has, okay, so you're saying that that's not an accurate sort of like reading on humanity
2: uh to, to take one case and extrapolate it to the greater overall human population okay no
1: okay you send your kids to daycare uh-huh. for the first time yeah then they start getting sick a lot
2: yeah they got to pick up all those germs.
1: yes course. and once they internalize those after a year they don't get sick as much anymore right so isn't that a, a relate uh, relative to the same conversation
2: uh but like cold and flu season you know why people get colds and flus? Because they pick up the germs on their fingers, and they stick their fingers in their mouth or their nose. That's where, how colds and flus are spread. Yeah, but the cold doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger, Chad. Well, t- tell that to me this fall when you're missing I... five shows because you got the flu.
1: When was the last time I missed a show because I had the flu, Chad? I don't know. You know you, we've been we've been doing this for several years. Have I missed one day because I was, quote, unquote, sick? I don't know. How many of you missed from being sick? A few. Right. he yeah. does. he dies. <laughs> You gotta pick your nose more, Chad. <laughs> All okay. right, I want to see that finger. <laughs> Not, happening. In that <laughs> Not
2: happening. that. Not happening. Not
1: happening. All right, uh, Vance Joseph. Yes. You're Did you guys play together
2: at Yes, we did. So you guys He were, was a quarterback.
1: Wow. Back then. Wow.
2: He was an option quarterback. What kind we're of back. what
1: kind of teammate? What kind of player was he?
2: Vance Joseph uh, was the reason why when he got his NFL shot, he was playing cornerback. And now playing quarterback. Okay. He was a good enough athlete to play on both sides of the ball, clearly. Uh, we got a scholarship to the University of Colorado as an option quarterback back when we were in our heyday, so you he had to be really good to do that. Uh, That's but obvious. it was not his best skill set. His best skill set was his athleticism, so he ended up playing cornerback in the NFL. But Vance, because of his quarterback experience, being a leader in the huddle, having to you know say the calls in the huddle with some bass in his voice and get people to buy in, I think he has a greater. Leadership skill set than you would imagine. Most guys who played in the league at cornerback, uh, that time at Colorado, I think served him well, and it served him well as an NFL coach as well to be that leader of men in some sorts. So uh, I, I got respect for Vance for what he accomplished at CU and then in the NFL. But now, particularly as a coach, the path has not been easy for him. So him to come back here to humble himself, despite leaving here under not such great circumstances, and now be a big part of what we're trying to do over the next couple of seasons. Tip of the cap to you, my friend.
1: Yeah, and I want to get into uh, some stuff he said yesterday that, that really piqued my attention, and I really appreciate it as a, as a former player. But on the on those CU Buff teams, you had Eric bien as well, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a coach. Yep, and, um, and you have some sort of coaching aspirations yourself. What was it about? Hey, Orlando Franklin. Hey, nice. Cool Versace t shirt. Mm-hmm. Looking slim. All right. You guys Dunkin' Donuts. You guys at yeah. Did you bring us any donuts? Because I see it. No, I'm, play- I'm playing. Apple Fritter. Play. I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah, I got two in there. If I didn't, but you could have one. Really? You really? really? Dude. You're just- I love you, man. You no, no, no. You got to keep I'm them. good. You got to keep me. Chad, Chad does not eat donuts. And We're then the band. Nate just stuck his He's hand in band. the
2: bag, and he picks his nose no, I didn't. and I bites t- his fingernail. Thanks, <laughs>
1: I didn't touch the other donut. Promise. By the way, you're a, you've admitted that you break donuts in half in I did. communal donut boxes and leave the other half for somebody.
2: I will grab a napkin to do that. Nobody knows that. All they see is a half a donut. <laughs> it's not bitten. It's broken. It's
1: different. All right. What was it about CU that created these coaches, this coaching mindset, these coaches, coachy coaches out of players?
2: I think for VJ and for EB, they both love football that much, and the NFL experience uh, did not leave them satisfied. They were not able to squeeze every drop out of that orange. You know, Vance's time in the league (laughs) as a player was not super long. And Eric, despite being a Heisman Trophy candidate and being invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, did not have the kind of career in the NFL that he had in college. And so he bounced around from team to team and, you know, worked with Andy Reid and uh, became a special teams captain, but never really became a bell cow running back like he was at Colorado. So I'd imagine there was an unfulfilled football something within him that said okay i can take this passion i have for the game and point that into the direction of coaching and i will be successful and clearly he has been
1: what about the coaching you guys got there did that sort of plant the seeds with you guys i mean what kind of impression did coach mccarty make on you
2: looking back at what we did back then um it was pretty simple especially defensively, but offensively as well. I mean, it was the option attack, and we threw in some passing concepts into it. But we were not a complex offense. We didn't blow people away with our complexity. So it wasn't as if Coach McCartney was up on the whiteboard doing some coaching clinic and scheming up these amazing things. No, we had amazing players. That's what made us successful, but at the same time, while our coaches weren't dialing up the world's most complicated schemes, they were all leaders of men. Mike Hankowitz, just retired from Northwestern, been in the coaching business for over 40 years. He was my defensive coordinator. Bob Simmons went on to become the head coach at Oklahoma State. Uh, Ron Vanderlinden coached for 40 years. He just retired from the Air Force. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, Bill McCartney's coach Coaching resume stands for uh, stands for itself. So all these guys who went on to become head coaches, Gary Barnett, who went on to become head coach at Northwestern, so all these guys who have gone on to other places and become leaders at those places, uh, it was just a great coaching staff that I think Bill McCartney put together, not necessarily going for the world's sharpest football minds, but going for people who are leaders of men and can impart those leadership lessons onto the guys in their rooms.
1: And really, is that what football... Is about In the end. It's not It's not about the most complex scheme, nope, is it? No. Nope. It's about finding a way to, to inspire and cut loose the the players you have on your team and use the talent that they have.
2: Yes, and Coach McCartney was an absolute wizard at that and finding other people who were able to do that on the staff as well.
1: From the Ramoslaw.com text line, I'm 28 and have bit my nails my whole life. I have the worst allergies all year. There you go. See? That said, I don't get sick often. When I do, I usually recover quickly. Okay, if you want to to round this thing out, you got to start picking your nose, sir. You got to start picking your nose. All right, guys. Um, Hey, we are... Live here from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends right behind us from Randy Ross Tennis Center. We really appreciate the hospitality. And I want to get into some things Vance Joseph said that really struck me as a former player and made me appreciate the type of coach he is. That's next. <sighs>
0: From the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F 150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough.
1: Roll Brian drumming on his knee, playing the air guitar. This is it, man. Them bones. Yeah, wow. Rest in peace, Lane Staley. The bassist also has passed away from Allison Chamber, forget his name. But uh, Jerry Cantrell, he's the guitarist. It was just so much a part of our my my childhood. Certainly, it was. Um, and these younger generations know nothing about Vietnam.
2: Your, your ability to. Uh segue from topic to topic is unparalleled, my friend. Speaking
1: of donuts, uh, <laughs> from the RommelSlot.com text line, my wife cuts each donut into fourths so she can sample some of each of them. We're still married, but barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, divorceable. That's a there, salt, sir, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, the things we overlook for the ones we love. There's another one that I, I should read. Nate, you can pick your friends. You can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose.
2: I guess it depends on the friend, though, doesn't it? I can't. If I were to ever observe that and it was two friends and not a parents and a nine-month-old. What
1: if it was a drunk friend, you know? He's like,
2: <laughs> someone who's just
1: having some problems. It's a rough night for them. You can see a bat in the cave he, I, there.
2: accidentally stuck a bee I up his you. nose. You gotta help your friend out, man. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Now I've heard of uh, you know some some uh, friends who work in emergency rooms where a kid goes in and they stuck a you know a bean up their nose and it starts sprouting. Hey, Stop it! Yes, and it's like a couple weeks into it and they pull this bean out and it's got like a six inch taproot on it. Yes, you've heard stories like that. Yes, from actual medical practitioners.
1: Wow. And what do you do with a bean? <laughs> it's not. It's not, wow. it's not part wow. of the magic
2: beanstalk. Wow. It goes into the trash. Wow.
1: Yes. You don't climb it up and meet a <laughs> climb up and meet a giant <laughs> <Fee-fi-fo-fum. Flum. laughs> All right. So Vance Joseph. Yeah, man. New defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. You mentioned it last segment. Um, was here before as a head coach. Was in Arizona last year. Didn't didn't have a great defense, but didn't have a great team. The team wasn't good. And the team does reflect the defense, and so he's taken over a defense that was pretty darn good last year. And he had some interesting things to say yesterday at the podium. He, podium. Here is Vance Joseph talking about the installation plan.
3: No, it's been it's been a good camp. You know, it's a it's an installation plan. You know, so it's not purposely being aggressive or playing you know zone or rushing four or five. It's just part of the plan.
1: What does he mean by that? Like it's uh, you know. Rush, uh, purposely playing zone or purposely rushing four or five. What does he mean by this? That it's a simple, uh, simple installation plan.
2: That he's just going through the playbook.
1: But you they're not putting in zone and man. Like they don't. They, have...
2: they are, but not not like. Oh, we are going to be a zone team. We are going to be a man team, depending on your opponent depending on who the quarterback is, you've got to be able to do both in this league. So for Vance to install the playbook and not cherry-pick the playbook thinking, I'm going to create a certain identity for this defense. Okay. No, I'm going to put a bunch of things in. So me, as a coach, I've got all these op- options to, to go with depending on opponent, game plan, quarterback situation on the field. I can dial up something for each of those situations. Because once you start becoming so strongly tied to an identity as a coach, then you start to ignore other parts of the playbook. And if you say, we're only going to be a man team, at some point, somebody's going to draw up enough man beaters, which is a offensive concept that you guys do frequently, uh, then they're going to be good enough where they're going to be able to out your man coverage, and you're going to think as a coach, I wish I had a zone coverage to go to here.
1: So... <clears throat> This, this question is going to be in the weeds a little bit because um, the defense has been beating the offense on a daily basis or at least for the first couple weeks of camp or especially the first week and the idea was that the defense gets to kind of pin their ears back and the offense takes a while to learn the system. So when they are when they're designing the script for each day okay mm-hmm. and they have the offensive plays on this side they also have the defensive like what the coverage is going to be what the fronts gonna be that kind of thing. So this is the base defense. Like this is the basic defense that they put in. Mm-hmm. How do they coincide it with the offensive plays? Are the offensive coaches and defensive coaches getting together to put this script together, or are they just running whatever defense they want for this 12 play script? And you're going to run whatever offense you want, and we'll see how it goes.
2: Not every period is a scripted period. It may be scripted offensively. But the offensive coaches and defensive coaches have not gotten together. The defensive coaches are literally just going to be calling things by down and distance in situations. So the, the defensive coaches will get a skeleton of a script. It's going to be high red zone and they'll get 12, play, uh, 12 slots on this play sheet. And each of those slots will have a down and a distance on it. And maybe, maybe they'll even get uh, a personnel package with it. So then they'll get their call in for that so it's just not you know they're not calling it live but it's on the sheet but there's also times where both sides of things are completely unscripted offensively and defensively so defensive coordinator can't send his call in until he knows what personnel's coming on the field so i've been that guy for robert sala so robert sala literally has his hand on my shoulder and he's waiting for me to identify the personnel coach it's 11 personnel but he gets the call in So there's those situations where you're much more game-like, and there's also super scripted periods where offensively and defensively the coaches will get together, and they'll say, we want to run this. And the defensive coaches will say, well, we'll run this. Does that work for what you guys want to accomplish? And the offensive coaches will say, that's great. We want to see this against zone defense. So there's three different versions of what could happen from period to period.
1: Yeah, so there are a lot of moving parts, and so it's hard to just judge the offense based on what you see as the result of the play. There's a lot of different itches they're trying to scratch, situations they're trying to create, collaborations between offense and defense. That said, VJ just said that they're putting in their basic stuff, and that's mm-hmm. what they're running out here, just kind of the t- entire breadth of their basic defense. And the offense is running the entire offense, the breadth of their basic offensive concepts. So why does the defense have the advantage?
2: Uh, Because there's less moving parts, at least initially, until offenses start getting to the deeper layers of their playbook. Once they start doing all kinds of uh, explode motions and and empty backfields and five wides, then that's when the defense has to catch up. But while it's basic here with one tight end or two tight ends, uh, some of these more basic offensive personnel packages, then it's easy defensively because you don't have to go very deep down your checklist. Is it three wide receivers or is it two wide receivers? You know, the Broncos still haven't done goal line just yet. Right. So they haven't, you know, been forced to install their goal line defensive packages, which takes a DB off the field. Now we put another linebacker on the field. Maybe we put another defensive lineman on the field so there's only two defensive backs. So those kind of things start to complicate the defense's learnings, but we're not at that point in training camp just yet. We haven't even played one preseason game.
1: And that preseason games in a couple of days. Two days from today. That's pretty awesome. We're going to get to see these guys suit up and play a different opponent. From the Ramoslaw.com text line, did Chad just say someone will dial up man beaters and use them frequently without you giggling once? I giggled giggled inside. I did. (laughs) Uh, I tried to give uh, Chad the respect of a straight face. (laughs) Thank Um, you. I appreciate that. Well, you talked about dialing up man Man beaters. (laughs) 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 Just don't pick your nose before you do it. Okay, um, so... Here is Vince Joseph continuing to talk about his philosophy and on empowering his players to come to him with any ideas.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You want the players to have ownership, you know, especially now this, what we're doing right now, you know, guys who were here last year, it did some good stuff on tape, you know, so I don't want to dismiss that. You know, so pressures they like. You know, Josie likes this one pressure that we put in yesterday. You know, so the guys have ideas of what's been good for them in the past. Let's put it in. You know, I'm willing to learn and listen to the veteran players who are, you know, who work at it, you know, and have really good ideas. So absolutely it's been it's been a back and forth with those veteran players here. I've been studying all summer, man. You know, I would have been foolish to walk in here and just change the you know the players' verbiage, right? Because football is just about terminology. So the coverage package they ran here with Vic and E, it's what I've run with just different terms. So instead of making the players learn different terms, I learn their terms. And that's 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 what a coach should do. You know, it's a lot of players to play fast. So it's been fun to learn those calls and learn different adjustments from CP especially in the back end so for me I'm I'm learning growing also it's it, it's it's been fun man
1: incredible humble words from a defensive coordinator who's been a head coach who's been, you know coached at every level and is saying that he now I'm not going to teach you mine I'm going to learn your terms so you can play fast and not have to learn a new system these guys on the offense they're not dealing with that right now no this guy Sean Payton didn't come in and ask. Russell, what, uh, what him and Nathaniel Hackett called this thing? No. Nope. Because we're going to call it that? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the struggles you're seeing with the offense right now is based on learning a new dictionary, learning ter- new terminology. What does this mean? Oh, yeah, last y- we- year it was this, and the year before that it was this, and now it's this. There's some confusion on offense because simply because the playbook is worded differently, and Vance Joseph understands that friction. He came in right away and said, no,
2: you teach me your words. And you just asked me about the defense being ahead of the offense, this is a the very similar defense. There's some, I'm sure there's some emphasis changes. Uh, and to Vance Joseph's credit, there's not going to be a lot of verbiage changes. But from Vic to Evero to Vance, it's a very similar system. The concepts are really much, pretty much the same. So this defense is not going over some radical redoing of what they do and how they're supposed to view things. So I would expect them to be – as far ahead as they have seemed during practice just because there's been very little change for them
1: well I think this defense is in good hands with Vance Joseph here and uh, he sounds and you know Stokely and Zach were saying it yesterday he sounds like a different dude he sounds like, a, you know, his pace of his words are different. The way he's carrying himself up there is different. And so um, I think we're in good hands here with Vijay. At least, you know, the eye test will tell you this defense looks ready to go. Guys, we're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Khan Construction, commercial general contractor, specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Kahn, K-A-H-N, Construction. Di- Alright guys, did you hear? Did you guys hear? Russ and Sierra are expecting.
2: Congratulations, guys. Congrats to them.
1: Also Urban Meyer impressed by what Prime has put together at CU football. And commanders players are already having concerns with Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. We'll do that and more in the morning mixtape. Next.
0: The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate.
1: Congrats, you guys, Russ and Sierra. They made the announcement they're expecting their fourth kid. Here's Russ yesterday on that announcement.
4: Yeah, man, it's exciting. Obviously, uh, what a blessing it is. You know, as, as many of you know, having children is the greatest gift in the world. And so to be able to have our fourth one is going to be exciting. You know, future Sienna win, they're all excited. So they want to know, all the, you, know what, you know, what it is. Now. But I, I think it's uh, just exciting, you know, to be able to celebrate life with Sierra every day is a blessing.
1: It's a blessing, Chad. Uh, you had kids while you were playing in the NFL. I did. I, something tells me, though, that your team of nannies and au pairs was probably not as large. As uh, Russell and Sirius?
2: did not have an, a, a single nanny or au pair. Wow! In fact, there was a season where I got up and did midnight feedings myself. My wife was not allowed to pick up anything heavy, heavier yeah, than ten pounds. Yeah, so it took a while for her to recover. So uh, I did the midnight feedings. How ten, long? Brian,
1: how like so? So it's because she had a C-section, right? Correct. Same with my wife. Mm-hmm. How long did you have to do everything because you couldn't pick up ten pounds? Uh, and did she milk it?
2: Uh, no, no. It was well, she was producing the milk. It was killing her okay. that she wasn't able to be as involved as she wanted to be. Um, and literally, she had to sit in the chair. Then I had to bring my son to her. She couldn't get him out of the crib and then walk to a chair herself. Do you think it's harder having kids for the for the man or for the woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, it's way harder on us dudes. It's, it's way harder. Yes. Okay, but it's much harder on
1: the woman. But right. is the man's? Uh, pain and suffering overlooked and is there a legitimate case to be made that the man deserves some sympathy too uh, <laughs> uh, I say you're, you're waiting do you think some, Russell's going to be waking up doing any midnight feeding
2: I don't think so Okay, but I say you're waiting some very dangerous waters here I kid so, I uh, kid the mothers in order to honor our female listeners I'm going to go no comment on anything you I'm just said. I'm being silly.
1: All right. Uh, the women are the divine goddesses. We are the, the nail biting nose pickers, Chad. Yes. Dragging our knuckles. Yeah, the world. falls, yes. Hit it, Johnny. Uh-huh. Urban Meyer, uh, the disgraced NFL head coach, but college legend, was impressed by what Prime has put together at CU football. Urban Meyer visited Prime at CU recently and has some very high praise for Travis Hunter in particular.
5: I saw a very good team. I saw talented players. His son's an excellent quarterback. They got a, uh, Travis Hunter's one of the, you know, I looked at uh, Prime and I said, man, that, I've had one of those I called Percy Harvin. I just pushed him to the side. You don't need to practice him much longer. He's that good. So if they can, the thing they're lacking, Colin, is depth. Yeah. If they can stay healthy, they have a tough schedule. They're going to make some waves in the Pac 12. Yeah, that
1: was on with Colin Cowherd. Uh, Urban Myers saying, I've had one of those before. You push him to the side and then you just know that he's going to take off. So, is he, do you think he's being honest about the, the prospects of this team? Um, or is he kind of just, uh, you know,
2: pumping up the program? I think, uh, CU Nebraska is maybe on Fox and Urban Meyer is a Fox guy. Um, so I, they may be even doing the pregame show for there. Um, I'm, hopefully, I'm correct in, in my recollection of that. So, um, you know, he's got an obligation to pump up the broadcast and certainly make it seem compelling and interesting. Um, we'll see you be better. There's no doubt. They were, you know, again, one of the worst teams in college football last year. So they will certainly be better um, there. He pointed out the depth issue, which I see as well. Uh, I see an issue on the offense and defensive lines. How do you get 80 guys? 80 new players yeah. from the end of last season to the start of this season, all to be on the same page. So Coach Prime has certainly got his work cut out for him, uh, but I think the talent level has increased. And, and in my mind, this has to be the greatest roster turnover in, in terms of talent right. in college football history.
1: Typically on an NFL roster, you get about 30% each year, so you get your core guys are still here. And so the new guys come, and they can kind of learn from the from the, from the older guys, the veterans. they is there any sort of that leadership in CU? Uh, who, who's the guy Who's the guy that Dion lead, leans on to be the standard bearer, to be the, the, the player that uh, other players watch as an example?
2: I don't think there's anybody from the previous regime who he is looking to for leadership. He's looking to his guys. There's a new tone to be established, a new standard to be set. Whatever you guys did in the last couple years, Surely didn't work out win and loss wise. didn't work out on the scoreboard. So, yeah, there's nobody that I think he's feeling beholden to, To oh, this guy's going to be a leader for us. No, anybody from the previous regime, unfortunately, I think he'll be pushed aside for all these new guys coming in.
1: And probably it's Shador, isn't it? He's the yeah. leader of this team. And so, a lot of pressure. On his back, and he said he doesn't get nervous. He doesn't feel the pressure. He's a Sanders. He's been in the spotlight the whole time, but got to be a lot of pressure on one young man coming to a new program with her 70, 80 new dudes, and with the expectations and the eyeballs that are going to be on him. Hit it, Johnny. All right, the Washington Commanders players are having quote concerns with Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. Here's head coach Ron Rivera talking about that yesterday.
3: I had a number of guys come to me and I say, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know. And yeah. I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it, it's it's been it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, you again, you're getting a different kind of player from from the players back in the past, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change, and, and and because he believes in it.
6: Just a. To- when they came to you it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard or...
2: well um they they just were a little concerned <laughs> a
1: little concerned before we're going to hear from Eric here yep but you know him yeah what could they be talking about
2: I saw Eric when he was a coach at CU and uh, I saw that fiery personality and at some point I had to go say hey man you just left the NFL. You can get a new player next year. This kid's going to be a quarterback for the next three years. You know, there's there's a place for fiery, but there's also a place for an attaboy. Now, Eric would defend himself and say, I can coach them so hard because I love on them so hard, because I praise them so much. When they do good, I give them praise. Now, when, they're, when they're wrong. I'm going to coach them up. Um, for today's players, a coach like Eric, it could be tough. Heck, he was tough when we were in school together, when we were on the same football team. He was sometimes difficult to deal with, and you would bristle up at some of his comments. But he certainly propelled us to a national championship. So whatever personal thoughts I I may have had about it all, in the end, he was just hoping to make us great, and we ended up being great. yeah, he came from a... Pro- Go ahead. He was going to say, therefore I am grateful
1: yeah. to him. Yeah, and he came from a program, obviously the Chiefs, that have been great, the greatest on planet Earth, and he's taken that to Washington. He responded and had some interesting things to say about the current state of players.
0: Yes, I am uh, intense. And I would be afraid, too, to start if I didn't know him. Eric Bieniemy is who he is, okay? <laughs> Eric <laughs> Bieniemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Biennium is a tough, hard-nosed coach. But also understand... I'm going to be their biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also their number
2: one fan
0: because I got their back and I'm going to support them at all times.
2: That sound about right. That sounds exactly right. I'm, I'm I'm happy to hear him express that because we we get the the one side, we get the the fiery side, the the the, the combative side, but in the end. Uh, if, if that's how you get to coach people up. That's how you get to really truly be invested as a coach when you have that love for your players. And you are the number one fan, and you can't wait to see them go out there and do what they're supposed to do. He's invested in each of those guys. Our very own Cecil Lammy and Will Peterson
1: walking up past the tent, uh, grabbing some Gatorades and some water. Going to head out there to practice. Guys, how are you? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. We're li- well, okay. You, you want to jump on here real quick? Just go, we got a couple minutes. Will just said, "How about that depth chart? We just took a look at it. Uh, what do you think? What do you What do you mean, tight. Troutman's yeah. your number one tight end? Yeah, that's but, the but one also, That's jumping
6: off the page to everyone.
1: What also I'm confused about is that Taylor Grimes is literally last on this new depth chart, and we saw him out there with the one. So can we really make a lot
6: of this depth chart? Well, I think there's a message in there. Okay. I, I think there's a message to Albert O. Listen to him is the fifth tight end behind yep. Nate Atkins? Yeah. That one jumped out to me. Um, he, and Troutman over Dulcich. I mean, come on. People, people are expecting Dulcich to be the next great tight end in this league. And Troutman has 200 more career receiving yards in his whole life than You Dulcich heard Sean Payton,
1: Will. Trust your eyes out there. It doesn't matter how you got here or what guys like Will Peterson think you're going to end up being. So, is Adam Troutman outperformed Greg Dulcich
6: out there? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, he, he deserves it, right? He deserves it. Yeah, but... I don't know.
2: You, you what do you mean? mean? You want to give away depth chart spots because what? Because you hope, because there was a lot of hype around you before I got here. Dulcich popped as a
6: rookie last year, didn't he?
2: Popped? Yes. He popped his hamstring a couple times. <laughs> <laughs>
6: no, he
1: looked good in the
2: passing game. Yes.
1: But yeah. you have to be able to do both phases. You have to be able to run block, and Greg Troutman can do
6: that, right? Mm. Or Adam Troutman. The Shannon Sharp block. Yeah. Yeah, on the back side. Yeah. He was a game. Yeah. Engaged. yeah. yeah. I think Shannon Sharpe's a Hall of Famer for his pass catching, not his blocking. But
2: but he would not have some of those pass catching opportunities if he did not help Terrell Davis become who he was on first and second down. Shannon Sharp had to get his nose dirty in order to get his in the passing game.
6: So message sent to Dulcich and Alberto? Is that what you're telling
2: me? Uh, I'd say yes to both of those. Uh, Dulcich has got promise, no doubt, but he's not quite there yet. And Alberto, I think Alberto is going to be a candidate to be released. Uh, From this roster
6: I think with this step chart today Albert O making the 53's In uphill battles Yeah Yeah. I Um,
1: think the message Was sent to Greg Dulcich When they signed Adam Troutman at all This is a New Orleans Saints Tight end Who he knows From his old job And he's bringing him here You know little Jordan Humphreys um, and uh Marcus Callaway, yeah. So those guys were clearly messages sent to those skill positions when you bring in a guy who you know.
6: What about Mims over Washington a kick and punt?
1: Any surprise on that? Nah, not not no. for me. I think then, with the rookie, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, that's why you. Draft. I, I thought we had to earn it. What has Marvin Mims earned so well, far? Well, they traded up to draft him, and they're going to give him opportunities. Is what I'm saying. Early, he's going to have to prove it out there on the field, though. And if he it gets his opportunities in preseason, and can't do it. Then when you make some final decisions, you you might keep Montreal. Had
2: his opportunity last year. He yeah. did not seize it. So now someone else gets the opportunity to seize it. He's had a much better camp than he had last year. But Mims, having not blown it, gets the first stab at it.
6: Uh, the other one, Jonathan Harris is a starter. Yeah. I mean, good thing he doesn't like parlays. That that worked out to his advantage, right? I mean, Harris was a guy a month ago. I was <laughs> said, is he a, is he a roster guy or not? Now he's a starter, right? Yeah, because Purcell's on still on what NFI or whatever, right? Um, And then Kareem Jackson, the OR thing with Caden Stearns, I guess. I guess. Oh yeah, it's a slash. We we got an OR. Uh, I don't know if that's a huge shock, but Kareem could be battling to make this team because I think he's either a starter. Or he's a candidate to be released. Yeah, I, I don't, don't
2: know if the, they the, keep him the, as a depth guy. The, the veteran backup come in, rectify things, all the experience in the world. You don't like Kareem in that role. He's not going to play special teams, Chad. Yeah, that's I fine. I think that
6: roster spot can be better used if he's not a starter. Ah, uh,
2: That's a very important position back there. You want somebody who's got some depth and some knowledge and some experience. Well, it sounds
6: like Chad and Nate weren't surprised by anything. It sounds like... Well, sounds, these, aren't, like, these aren't necessarily... Like, this is... This I don't the think first anything... One.
1: From these depth charts, I've yeah. seen them before, and they're all over the place. It's just the coaches up there being like, "Yeah,
6: relative to the next thing we're going to do." I mean, I, 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 I'm just telling you, people are freaking out about Troutman being the number one tight end, but Chad don't and he's the
1: most complete tight end out there. That's not surprising to me at all. You need a guy who can both run block and catch the ball. Can please. you
6: see why Broncos Country is surprised by that, though? Because that's all the Twitter if, machine can talk about. If right they've, now. Been you, yes. <laughs> <Twitter>. <laughs>
2: they've been listening to you, yes. Yeah. Twitter That is straight by Will Peterson. Oh gosh.
6: No, it's, it's always a fun Charge exercise to see Charge, the depth chart. It is. And uh, I, I guess, you know, we'll see how it shakes out in Arizona because that's the real test.
2: Yes, do you,
6: do you bite your nails?
1: A little bit. <laughs> I knew you did. So do I. A
6: little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, cool. What about pick your nose? Do you pick your nose? Uh, not really. Do, do not you have an allergy? Are, are you an allergy guy? Mm-mm. Yeah, see? See, I got lucky. See? See? <laughs> see? See? <laughs> All right. Yeah, you had to be there. Yes. We, yeah, all right, well I appreciate you mom. guys
6: letting me tell you how surprised I was and you weren't surprised at all. So all right, discerning minds can disagree. All right, <laughs> all right enjoy. See you guys. Have
1: fun out there at practice, guys. Appreciate you guys for uh joining us. Um where are we? Yeah, we're here live, training camp twenty twenty three, and it's powered by the Ford F one fifty Lightning All Electric and Bill Ford Tough. All right, Sean Payton has stressed the importance of two minute situations in practice and Russ, uh Is improving on those fronts. We're gonna get into the two-minute situation, how that affects
0: these Broncos. Next Live from the Denversports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. Welcome back, we're training
1: camp 2023. We're right across the street from Broncos practice here, and uh, a lot of fans driving by, honking, going woohoo, yeah, big trucks and whatnot. And then uh, we just had a, a car go by, they honked, we we looked, and then there was um, a couple little kids in the back seat. The windows were down; you could barely see their heads because they were so young. And this little sweet girl stuck her hand out of the uh, window and flipped us off. Shocking! She's probably five years old. So uh, hey. Must be a Raider fan, right? All right. um, John Payton, man, the guy continues to impress me when he speaks. And um, is he an authoritarian? Yes. Is he a dictator? Sure. Is he a tyrant? Maybe. But he knows what he's doing. And listening to him talk about football is an education. Every single time, if you're really to peel back the layers of his knowledge, this guy uh, is dialed in to every tiny little detail. And one of those tiny little details is two-minute situations. And he rightly... Conveyed the idea that look, two minute situations are way more frequent than goal line. Chad, you talked earlier about having not seen any goal line periods thus far, but they do two minute darn near every day because every single game has at least one one two minute drill, maybe two.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's two minutes to end the first half. There's two minutes to win to end the second half. So absolutely, you are guaranteed to get that. Not every game are you going to be in a goal line situation. Uh, so from a statistical perspective, if you were going to direct your focus to one or the other, perfecting the two-minute situation gives you a much better chance for success and wins than being the best goal-line team in the league.
1: He has also talked about how there are, and he, this is his quote, 48 or 50 game situations written up on the board in there, and when they go over one, they check it off. Mm-hmm. First of all, the the idea that it's either 48 or 50 is incredibly specific and strange. <laughs> um, but if, uh, how many of those do you think you could just come up with on your own?
2: Oh, gosh. I would need to get out a piece of paper to make sure I didn't repeat myself. I wouldn't want to just do it live on air. But I would imagine once I got to 30, I might start tapping out, and you start getting into some really isolated circumstances right? Um, where – still would be able to affect your ability to win or lose the game, depending on how you perform in those situations. But once I got to 30, I think I would start, huh, (laughs) looking at my list. Oh, I already said that one, I already said that one. But, yes, the best coaches have a record and a notebook or a a whiteboard list of all these things to make sure they are able to touch on them when they come up organically in practice or when you have to manufacture the situation to get everybody to know how to play this is what we do in this specific situation. As we talked about before, each situation is going to be different. Two-minute is way different than four-minute. Um, you know, The motivations are different depending on what side of the ball you on. Are you ahead? Are you behind? Are you ahead by three? Are you ahead by seven? All those things make a difference on how you want to tune your play for each situation.
1: As, as a former defensive player and a defensive-minded coach, how do you think you would do in those game situations that involve clock management um, as, as a head coach? Because you see that typically the offensive head coaches are more dialed in with the clock management, or is that a myth?
2: I think they are just because they're forced to think about it a little bit more deeply than we are on the defensive side of the ball. But I bought the clock management Bible. Um, literally, that's what it's called. It's, it's on Amazon. You can look it up. And I read that thing three times, and I walked away each time like, okay, I got a little bit more, but it is just so much nuance and detail. Who wrote that? Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> the 12 disciples? <laughs> who are those disciples? Um, but even a coach who will go into the Hall of Fame, a shoe in like Andy Reid, has not mastered clock management. No. And so if I were to be an NFL head coach, Especially considering my defensive background, I would be best served to have that analytics slash clock management guy who could constantly be in my ear when those situations and those scenarios come up. Once he brought it to my mind, I think I could dial back in my head to remember, okay, this is what we want to do in this situation. Um, But to have all those while I'm calling plays, while I'm managing the game, while I'm talking to my coordinators and be able to have this encyclopedia type ability to reference all the different scenarios for each clock situation. No, I'm going to farm that out to somebody else.
1: Well, for Sean Payton, it's not just him. He wants his players to understand two minute situations. Here he is.
5: No, I, I think there is because it's a separate segment of plays. I want them more than just learning the plays. To learn and understand the situations that arise in two minutes. Every half ends in a two minute, right, for the most part. And then, more, more often than not, the games do. But the, the circumstances with each two minute, there can be a hundred. At the end of the half, you're thinking, hey, let's get in field goal range. Maybe you get more aggressive if you cross the 50 and there's still enough time on the clock. And at the end of the game, all those situations that take place relative to timeouts, if you have them, if you don't have them, and then, you know, what are the ways that that you get down the field, and then what do you expect defensively to defend? So, you know, we covered Hail Mary, we covered St. Pat's. There's some nuances within the framework of, the, of those situations, and like I said, we've got 10 more in two minutes that we'll have to cover, that come up in games that our guys have to understand. We don't have timeouts. We need a chunk play. We get it. Receiver slides, we get up, clock the ball, all those type of things they have to understand, and we have names for them. So, yeah, there's an element of the plays that they have to study, but then they're also, they have to understand the situation. So the first bit of information is right there on the scoreboard, timeouts, time, score. And then hopefully we get where everyone's thinking the same way.
1: You need all the players paying attention to those metrics as well, but it helps to have... A nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback who was the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to 100 wins, who's been in all those sid as Sean Payton likes to call them. Here is Russell talking about the two-minute sid so far.
4: Yeah, we've done a really great job in those 10 minute situations. I feel like for the most part in terms of, you know, really executing when we needed to, you know, coach does a great job. Coach Payton does a great job of putting us in situations that we're going to have to win, you know, and, 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 and be in, in these close games. And obviously, you know, last year we felt like we didn't, we weren't able to capitalize on some of those. And this is a great opportunity to really establish, you know, how we're going to go about it, you know, our thought process, but you know, it all starts with the offensive line, you know, all the things that they're able to do and protect for us and give us time and, and make those plays and make those throws. And at the end of the day, you You gotta have the right mentality when it's two minutes and one, you know, let's say one thirty on the clock and one timeout, and you gotta go seventy five yards. It's your mentality, how you go about it, and and looking forward to those opportunities and obstacles.
2: Each player on the field knows needs to know the situation and what can and can't be done in those situations. The offensive lineman, you don't wanna give up a sack because now you're burning time out. But if you, you ever wanna give up a sack? Uh, but you want to make sure you don't give up a sack. But there's also a point, as the clock winds down, where if you get a penalty, now there's a runoff on the clock. Yeah, so that's where, it's, that's where it's different. And so half. you need to know what what the rules are governing each, each situation. Let's go back to uh, Tim Tebow playing the Chicago Bears. The, the Bears are winning that football game. Marion Barber runs out of bounds, stops the clock. He stays in bounds. They're able to burn 45 seconds off the clock. Tim Tebow uh, uh, wages an epic comeback, gets the Broncos a victory due to Marion Barber not understanding the situation on the field and not staying inbound instead of running out of bounds. So literally, it is the difference between winning and losing, making sure all 11 players on the field understand the situation and how the situation needs to be played by their respective positions.
1: Well, that's why you hear Sean Payton talk a lot about high football iq guys that's what he wants guys who understand situations and aren't going to make the fatal mistake it's not just about making special plays it's about being reliable understanding the rules the situations in the game and not doing anything to hurt your team we're live from training camp 2023 in the denversports.com zone Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Kahn, K-A-H-N, construction.com. All right, guys. Preseason game on Friday. It's two days away. It's two days away. Finally, you get to hit somebody in another jersey, but there's some news that came down that might put this whole game in peril. That's next.